Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. This is going to be episode 13, I believe, when I release this. As of the time of this recording, I'm not sure when I'm going to actually have this released. There might be a significant delay between the time where I have this recorded versus when it's released, just based on when I've wanted to record this and what I've been kind of thinking about versus when I actually want to release it and uh, give it its give it its due. I'm recording this on November 14th, and it's significant because this is the day that marks the the two-year anniversary of my father passing away, and and that's the reason I wanted to record on this day, was because I think the the emotions I'm feeling about that particular subject and about the, I guess, larger subject that I want to talk about are very raw (laughs) right now uh, with me, because it's, uh, it's an interesting thing where today we actually celebrated a birthday, celebrated uh, someone, you know, having another year of life, which is fantastic, but we, we chose to do it on the stage just simply because it worked for everyone's schedule, but the, the real anniversary today was the, the anniversary of my, of my father's passing, and, you know, I'm, I'm okay not, like, celebrating that. I'm not, I'm okay not, you know, like, I'm okay doing something else instead of focusing on that, just simply because I don't want to focus on that, and I don't want to focus on people dying and death. I, I don't need to focus on that to, to honor it, but the, the emotions I'm feeling about the situation, the emotions I'm feeling about my father's passing and just how I felt about him in general are very much at the surface of my mind right now. I'm not having to kind of pull them out. They're, they're, they're already at the surface, so uh, that's why I wanted to record this now, because I think it's going to be a lot more genuine, I guess, a lot more real, <laughs> and, and that's why I want to just just hone in on that now. So I want to focus this more on fatherhood in general. I want to make this more like generalized versus versus specific about me and my experience. But at the same time, I think to understand my opinions on the subject, it requires me to get relatively personal about the subject because my opinions about it are <laughs> incredibly based on the fact that my father was the way he was. And and so to, to understand why I think about that subject the way I do, you have to understand my background, at least to an extent. And I know I've talked about it in other episodes, so I don't want to drag out that part of it too long. I mainly want to give enough additional information to, I guess, fill in the gaps or to give a better understanding of where I'm coming from. And I'm, I'm not going to go into a lot of details just because I think it's unnecessary for what I want to talk about. And frankly, I don't need to relive a lot of those memories. <laughs> but I, th- I think some more detail is necessary for you to understand more where I'm coming from. I also think this is going to have a, a decent sized religion element at the end of it, just because that also plays a significant role in how I think about this topic. So I just wanted to give a little bit of that intro and a little bit of that understanding before I really hop into it, just because I think it's important to understand that I, I am speaking very emotionally about this and not nearly as logically about it. Not that I haven't thought about it in that way, but just not how I'm approaching it, especially today of all days. So that's, I thought was relevant enough to take some time to, to focus on before I really, really hop into it. Fatherhood is such a hard subject for me to really understand 
mind, especially at first, but to really kind of like flush out because it's it's something I've never personally experienced in the sense that I'm not a father. I don't have any children. So I, I have no way of personally understanding what comes with that. There's there's an understanding I have through experiencing what my father was like, what other fathers were like, and through just, I guess, if you want to call it academic research, just reading books and hearing stories and that kind of stuff. And so I, I, I think that's, you know, take what I say with a grain of salt because I've, I've not been a father and so I don't have that experience. But it's, it's a hard thing to go through life with the sort of implicit understanding that you should know what a father is and how a father operates. Most people assume that because most people assume that there's a father who's shown you these things. And I, I, I almost equate it to if someone is colorblind and they're expected to know what a color is, even though they've never seen it. They have no way of understanding that the object you're pointing at is blue because they don't know what blue is. The only way they know what blue is is because enough people have told them what blue is, like this thing is blue, and therefore they can just start going, okay, that must be blue based on the other things that have looked relatively like that, and were blue. And it's not a perfect comparison by any stretch, but that that's kind of how I view it, where it's like, you're expected to know what a father is, you're expected to know how fathers act, you're expected to know what the role of a father is, because you are. <laughs> that's just the way our society works. And so when you don't have that, then all of a sudden it becomes harder to define. It becomes harder to sort of flesh out. And, you know, you get to a certain point where like, well, a father must be doing this because every other father I see is doing this thing. And that that can be either a very good thing or a very bad thing. And then when you see the disjoint of, well, my father, I guess, does this, but none of the other fathers I see do that. Is that a good thing then that he does that or a bad thing? And, you know, when you're an adult, you can try to make those judgment calls. When you're an adult, you can rationalize that out. When you're a child, you don't have rational abilities. And so you go with your gut and that's not always the best thing. That doesn't always give you the correct answer. And so for me, I start off with that because I, I feel like that's sort of where I'm coming from, where it's like, I think I know what a father's supposed to be, but I saw a lot of things of what a father I don't think should be. And so it's hard for me to know always what's the correct one. Was my father the correct version of that and everyone else's just has a different approach? Or is my father incorrect and then everyone else I saw had the correct approach? That's, that's sort of the, the, the stuff I wrestled with, especially when I was younger. And a lot of that was hard because my father was complicated, and that's just the most cliche thing I can ever say, but it's true. He, he had his own issues, for sure, that I didn't know anything about because he never talked about him, but he, it's one of those things where he tried his best, and his best wasn't very good. That's sort of what I think ended up panning out, where I don't know he knew any better, and so he did what he could, and what he could do wasn't good, and he refused to actually get better at it. He was, he was an abusive person, for sure. Um, I would say way more emotionally and verbally abusive than physically, though the physical was part was there. And I'm not trying to slander his name or anything. I'm not trying to do anything like that. I'm trying to state the facts as I saw them and experienced them. And, and it's what's interesting is because I, I, I need to say all these things because it, it sort of defines the way my relationship with my father went throughout the years. When you're a child, you, you are naturally drawn close to your father regardless of how good or bad they are because you're a child and you need 
need someone to sort of protect you. And that's usually what the father is there for. And so you, you feel naturally closer when you're younger to your father. And that's, I guess, a personal belief about that. And so it's one of those things when, when I was especially younger, when I can actually like remember having memories and stuff of how I felt, it's like, I know that I didn't like being around him, but I also knew I needed to be around him. And so it was a weird dichotomy of how I, I experienced that. Then as I started to get older, it was a lot more of that. I really didn't want to be around him because it was scary. It was stuff I just like, I didn't want to be in that uncomfortable place. I didn't want to have that constant on edge anxiety that he gave me. And it, and he gave it to me every time that I saw him. And, and that's, that's the hard part that it always was when I saw him to clarify that my, my, my mother left my father when I was pretty young. And so I didn't see my father all the time in, in court. It kind of went to, um, I think it was every other weekend when I was like, you know, starting kindergarten or something like that. And so I, I definitely saw him, but certainly not very often. Every time we go out there, I remember having that just, you know, you don't know what an anxiety attack is as a child, but that's what it was in, in retrospect. And then uh, when I was about eight years old, my father moved out of the country for various reasons, most of them being his own bad choices in life. Uh, and so I saw him way less frequently, but he would fly back to the United States to, I think, genuinely to see my brother and I, but he also had his own reasons he needed to come back for, I'm sure, legal reasons. But every time that we saw him, I also, again, got those panic attacks, those anxiety attacks. And and so it, it, that's sort of what my relationship with my father started to be, where it's like, okay, so this this is a person that brings me this feeling. Well, I don't really like this feeling, so not really liking the person. And then probably when I was about in high school, it was that I got really mad at him because I started to understand what he was doing because not only was was the abuse becoming more evident, but the the manipulation and the lying and the, the sort of deceitful elements of him started to flesh out more. And so anger replaced anxiety, though. I'm not going to say the anxiety wasn't there. It just was overshadowed. And so that, that started to, again, redefine how I viewed him. It became more it became more antagonistic on my end. Uh, and that's, you know, combination of me being able to understand more about the person uh, of my father, as well as just me being a teenager in high school where teenagers are naturally combative like that because they got to challenge everything. So I don't think that's really uncommon for that to change, but just manifested differently in, in my specific situation. And then when I got into college and my father started having a lot more serious health problems, he's always, he always had health problems throughout his life, but this is like a more serious stuff. Um, started to see him sort of not be the, the same person because he couldn't maintain it. He was always very angry, and but, but when he got sick, he, he wasn't anymore. I don't think he actually had the, the energy to sustain that. So he, he did start to become different. And then at the same time, I started to do become more... I want to say empathetic toward him. I, I could be using the wrong word, but what, what was really happening was I, was I was starting to learn a little bit more about what he had experienced when he was younger and sort of beyond that, the reasons why he was the way he was. That's not a justification for his actions. It's it's just a, 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 an explanation. And so having more info like that and being able to think through that stuff more and obviously being older enough to, to actually understand that stuff more, I, I started to, to feel a little bit closer to him more just because I was able 
able to soften on my end of things and, and he did soften on his end of things and then it really didn't get much further than that before he passed away unfortunately because of those uh medical problems and so my relationship with my father was just all over the place and and so that it, it became really hard after his death for me to figure out what kind of father he was because he was so different to me in the different areas of my life he was never stable either you know physically stable where he was like present or emotionally stable because uh i changed how i viewed him and then he he also is just not an emotionally stable person and so it's it's hard for me to really grasp what what he did to help me define fatherhood and it, it becomes harder for me to understand how how he helped me to define what that was because then on the flip side there's the other people in my life who showed me other ways of being a father that I personally enjoyed way more and you know then I had to start sort of like comparing and contrasting and going well if I enjoyed this more is that a more correct way to be a father versus uh, an incorrect way and, and this is just stuff I thought about because it's sort of the inevitable course of life where you know a young man will become a father someday he thinks about that whether it's a lot or not a lot or whether it's explicit or implicit you know those are all different based on the person but becoming a father is part of a young man's life at a certain point and so I started thinking about what what is a father right because if I don't know what that is how can I be one <laughs> and at least a even moderately successful one and so I started really trying to to be better at defining what that was because I thought it was necessary for me to approach things correctly and to sort of I guess like become a better man and and to kind of sift through that but and at the same time it was also going to help me better remember my father for who he was I, th I thought and so I, I it's it's a process I've done for for the past two years for sure and it's it's taken a lot and it's well, it's certainly been eventful as I've kind of been retrospective on it, but there, there's a key element to all of it that changed in college that I'm going to touch on later because it's a much more religious part of it, but that, that's the part where my relationship changed with my father and my view of my father changed. And and so that, that part of it is where I really had to start kind of quantifying, like, why was I able to do that and what changed in terms of, like, my understanding to be able to change that and et cetera, et cetera. But having that background and that understanding of my my father and hopefully a, a somewhat brief way those all impacted how i understood what fatherhood was in general and how fathers should act in general because there was never a moment with my father where i thought that fathers shouldn't be very protective or very uh defensive and because i because i saw that in him and not always in good ways but sometimes they were and the, the problem is was that the the defensive part of it came out as aggression which can aggression can be used for a defensive reason it just usually isn't and when it is it usually isn't good so that's what i saw and so i started equating those again when you're a child you sort of are just putting puzzle pieces together you're not analyzing them because you just don't have capabilities to and so you know going back and seeing like how my father acted in those kind of situations and then how was he caring for his children how was he helping them grow how was he helping them learn things and then looking at my father going well he didn't do a 
lot of that. And because he, not explicitly, but implicitly, because I don't think it was necessarily conscious of him, but he, he made selfish choices. He put himself above his family and his children. And that's certainly not a new phenomenon, and it's certainly not unique to my situation, but it does have an impact, and it does change the dynamic of the relationship. It does change your role as a father when you decide to place yourself above the family, above those who you're supposed to take care of and to be there for and all of that. And there's also the elements of that where it's it's sort of like, how how is a father supposed to interact with other people as sort of like a role model situation, right? How does how does a father talk to those around him so, so as to show his children how to also talk to other people? And he was not good at that either because he was so confrontational and so aggressive because it, it was it was such a mentality of the the world is out to get me sort of thing that it it became so hard for him to really be able to to talk to anyone on a on a normal level because he would he would like try to start out that way and it just it just went downhill so quickly because he perceived so many things as passive aggressive or as or as straight aggressive or as uh them telling him off or dismissing him or whatever and so much of this was just in his head and his perception but that that's what led to everything going downhill and a lot of that due to the fact that he himself was a passive aggressive person he 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 did that a lot which is an interesting combination in an actually aggressive person to also be super passive aggressive because basically what that means is he's always on the offensive and he's always looking for some kind of kill shot in in the discussion and 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 so being able to implicitly pick this up as a child, you never wanted to have an argument with him because you knew the outcome, which was him being angry because that's how it always ended, right? And so that manifested that my brother and I basically walked on eggshells around him and basically tried to be perfect children because we just didn't want to deal with the anger that would inevitably come up when we screwed up. What a good father does when a child screws up is helps them to see how they screwed up, walks them through how to avoid it in the future and then helps them clean up whatever mess has been made from the from the mess up and then moves forward and helps the child move forward because the child can sometimes sort of be stuck on the fact that they did something wrong and that they, they feel bad about that. But a good father will say, you know, it's okay, mistakes happen and we move forward. That That's what fathers do, right? And and that was the exact opposite of, of what my father did. And so I, I never really understood what that kind of a concept was because to me it was, it was never when you make an accident, let's fix it and move move forward it was don't ever make an accident or you will regret it and then that was just the mentality and this is just around my father i do want to clarify this was just how i acted with my father but clearly affected every other part of my life and there's just 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 no way around that and so it's stuff like that where it's 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 me understanding like okay i'm getting more of a template of what a father should be i'm seeing more of what a father should be seeing how my father wasn't like that but because of that that's why i become so passionate about helping other people see what fathers should be. And I talked a lot about this in my masculinity episode, so I don't really want to rehash that. If you're looking for more of my opinions about that kind of stuff, really is more detailed in that episode. And the traits of a good man and how they act act in a masculine way, that pretty much is a, a one-to-one translation for how fathers should act, too. So, I, I don't really want to rehash all of that information here when I've already said what I wanted to say about that. But if you listen to that episode and can somewhat remember it, those those ideas 
of of just being sort of a good example, being upright, being emotionally level, being able to approach things in a calm, collected manner. Like those are all things I found to be good traits in fathers, and then things I found to be lacking in mine. And and that was hard to sort of come to terms with, just because I always knew growing up he wasn't a good father, just because I didn't like being around him versus a lot of the other people I knew that did like being around their father. And you know, for me, I didn't have to be around him that often, so I you know that worked out. But I knew something was wrong, and I knew he I knew he wasn't going to father because the the other reason is I you know a good father wouldn't make you feel that way about yourself. A good father wouldn't make you feel like a piece of crap. A good father wouldn't make you feel horrible every time you saw him. And so I kind of always knew that, and it, it was it was hard to sort of translate my feelings about that into a more rational and logical understanding of the of the subject and of the issue. But I think it was helpful just because I better understood what a good father was, and I better understood my own father in the way. And and I guess in that sense, I almost recommend doing that regardless of the kind of father you had. And this is assuming you you have a father to be able to, to do this with. You've had the relationship to be able to do that with. I recognize that some people have just never even spoken to a father in their life. And so that's a little bit harder. But um, again, as I said in kind of the masculinity episode, I think we all have father figures. People who sort of fill that gap to some level, whether it's ha- to the level that was needed or not, is not always the case, unfortunately. But I, I think it's a decent exercise just because I think it helps you better understand the good things about what a father should be, as well as where maybe you have some areas that you should kind of be careful about. So like for me, I can have a tendency to be super aggressive at times, and that translates into anger. It, it does happen, and I'm a very much aware of that, and so I do a I do a lot to keep that tempered, and I do a lot to do things like remove myself from, from situations where I could potentially just sort of go off. Where Whereas my father in the opposite direction would dive headlong into those and just run around like a bull in a china shop. And that's the difference where I, either he didn't know those situations existed or he he thought, wanted to be in them versus me as I actively avoid them and will remove myself from those situations if that's what needs to happen. Because I know that about myself. And the other element of that is not only the knowledge of it, that and, and that is the first step. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here. That's the first step is understanding what your areas of lacking are because you can't you can't change anything <laughs> until you actually know what needs to be changed. So that that is the first step is sort of the the understanding of of what is lacking because everyone has those blind spots. No matter how good of a father you had, they had blind spots. And so I think it's all right to be able to look at that and to understand that maybe you have some of those same ones. What what's important after that is to be able to recognize that they are blind spots and they are bad things. Because I almost feel like that's how my father was, where he had a father who did similar things, very aggressive, very angry, very, you know, all of those sorts of things, and that's just how they how they dealt with it. But but what my father didn't do is recognize that as a bad thing. And I do. <laughs> or at least a thing that needs to be reined in and needs to be controlled and not just let loose. And so that's that's the other thing is recognizing the, the fault for what it is. And then the obvious third step of what do you do to fix that or at least be able to 
make it not as big of an issue as it was for your father and those who came before you. Because that, that should be the goal of, of every parent is so that their child is better than they were. And, and in that sense, I can almost guarantee that I will be, if not simply for the fact that the, the faults that my father had, I'm able to identify well. And by identify well, I mean, I, I know them past just their exterior manifestation, right? I, I know that the anger my father had wasn't just anger. It was based out of fear and based out of the fear of not having control over a situation. And because I know that root, because I know that the root of that is fear and that I'm susceptible to that as well, then I'm able to sort of mentally scaffold what do I do in that situ situation? How do I change myself to react better? And because I know all of that and, and not just know all of that, but I'm willing to put in the work to to correct that, I, I can pretty much say with confidence that if I ever get the chance to be a father, I will be a better father. That's just even, and that's going beyond the scope of simple things. I, I, I could be a better father simply because of the fact that I'm not going to leave my children or put my myself above my children. I could I could say that, and that's not incorrect, but that's not enough. <laughs> you know, in my, my opinion, that's, that's not good enough. You can't say you're better just because you're there. That doesn't make you better. It just makes you there. What are you going to do with being there? That's, you know, that, these are the rabbit trails I go into in my own mind, and I'm not being as, as eloquent about it just because this, this stuff is, is very, uh, like I said at the beginning, it's very raw with me right now, and this is, this is stuff I've, I've yelled about and screamed about and just been super angry about before because it, it was, it's a lot of like, why couldn't he just do that? Why couldn't he figure this crap out? Why couldn't he have these same thoughts? Because he wasn't stupid. Why could he never get there? Why couldn't he be better? And it's, it's all what ifs and it's all what coulda, shoulda, woulda sort of stuff. And it doesn't do much good at the end of the day to, uh, to be super angry about it because it, it was the way it was. And especially now that he's gone, there's nothing to do to change that. For me, what I can do with that information is then just, I can change myself first and foremost. I can make myself better, which I think I have. And by have, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still in the process of that and it's going to be an ongoing thing for me. The other thing I can do is just tell people about, it, you know, because like I've like with the people around me who had good fathers who don't really know what this is like. I think it's good to know about it, right? Like if, if you're sitting here with not that kind of relationship where your father was a good father and I'm so happy that they were, but you need to know how people who didn't have good fathers think and react to things because that helps you be a better friend, a better partner, a better whatever, because you're, you're filling in those knowledge gaps that there's no way for you to have known that without someone who's been through that telling that. It's sort of how I'm never going to know what it's like to give birth to a child, so I would need someone to try to explain that to me for me to be able to understand that, while recognizing I'm never going to fully understand that because I can't experience that. I'm not comparing those two things, by the way. I, I recognize they're very different, but I, I think it's, to me, that's just how my, I kind of compare it to be like, you, there's some things you just have to experience to understand at their deepest level, and, there's, and, and with those things, you can still under, understand Understand at a surface level if someone just explains their experience too. So for me, it's getting my experience out there to tell people about that who may not have experienced. And I hope you have it, but you should still know this stuff, in my opinion. <sighs> This will, this is going to get into religious stuff. I, I can't talk much more about it without going into that. So again, just like the other ones, I want to be clear about when I'm jumping into that stuff. So the biggest change that happened for me in my relationship with my father was in college when I, I was going into a, like a sort of college Bible study thing once a week and it was really good. I'm not going to say that it was stuff that I didn't already know per se, but it was good to be around other people of, of similar beliefs and to be able to talk about stuff. What that really 
did, though, was give me a, a good place and opportunity and people to, to help me along that way, to, to take the opportunity to forgive my father for what he did, to forgive my father for the things that he did to my brother and I and the way that he messed up a lot of our lives and the way that he messed us up quite a bit. And, uh, I'm sorry, th- this, I, I am going to get emotional here. Um, that may be the hardest thing I've ever had to do. And certainly, I mean, you know, hard is subjective thing, but it took so much within me to be able to get to that point. Cause I'm so mad. And I was so angry and I just, I hated him for what he did, but I got to a place where I, I couldn't synthesize the faith that I had. And that was sort of, I guess, regrowing and becoming stronger and becoming more uh, coherent. I couldn't synthesize that new faith with not forgiving my father because forgiveness and, and, and Christian faith is so intertwined. And it was really challenging because forgiveness is, is letting go of the ability to be mad at something or someone. And and the hardest thing was that, that I had to first recognize that I had every right to be mad at him. Now, obviously that part is, isn't the hardest <laughs> component of it. But, you know, I had to be okay with allowing myself to say, yeah, I, I have a right to be mad at this because this is not correct. There, There is injustice here. There is something wrong here with this situation. And I had to stop and say, that that's okay. And you have a right to be mad at that. But the, the forgiveness part is saying, I have every right to be mad at this. I have every right to be frustrated with this man who who's done these bad things, but I'm choosing not to. It's not that I'm not uh, that I'm choosing not to for this moment or for this day or for this week. I'm choosing to never be mad at this again. I'm choosing to let this become something that in essence has never happened. And that's not saying that you ever forget what happened because you don't want to let yourself fall into the same pits, but you're you're approaching the person, you're approaching the situation with a renewed sense of this never happened so how do we move forward and that's what's hard and and that's what took so long for me because embedded with that whole conversation was the thing that made my faith the hardest thing to to come to grips with in the first place is the notion of God being a father. Again, talked about this in my masculinity episode, but God being a father is so hard when your father sucks because you want nothing to do with God if your God is if, if God is supposed to be like your father because you don't want to add another person who sucks to your life. So why bother? So it, it took a lot of time to be able to understand that that's not what God is. God is the, the perfect manifestation of the father and it's supposed to be a role model for fathers. But that's not what, you know, my father obviously did not take great advice from that. He, he did not listen. And overcoming that hurdle helped. Overcoming that hurdle helped to, to be able to understand faith better. But it didn't help me forgive the man any easier. What the, what the turning point was to be able to forgive my father was, was that empathetic, sympathetic point of view. Which is that I, I started to better understand what his life was like growing up and the stuff that he dealt with. And I don't understand it perfectly because he didn't talk about it a lot. But what, what, what the understanding was that I came to 
was that I think he experienced a lot of the same things he put my brother and I through. And I think he experienced probably some worse things, but he never got help for it because he didn't know how to. And the only way he knew how to cope was to say that I'm going to take charge of a situation. I'm going to put myself out there and I'm not going to let anyone tell me I'm wrong about that. And so as things progressed and, you know, my brother and I became a part of the situation, my mom would say, you know, you, you should talk to someone and work through these things and get some help. But his response was, I don't need help. And that's, that's the striking thing to me that I was able to see in the, like the final years that I knew my father was because I, I was able to have more clarified conversations after I forgave him because I approached the, the relationship in a renewed sense. I actually tried to develop a real relationship with him. And my thought was provided he, you know, would live longer. Like I, I wanted to have a much closer relationship. It was just going to take time to do that. And obviously take something from his end as well because the relationship is a two-way street but it was so hard because when you start to have a genuine conversation he would either change the subject or if if the topic was correct he he would take that position again of there's there's nothing wrong with me there's nothing wrong with the way i'm looking at things problems on your end and that's just that aggressive stance and that's a coping mechanism so he didn't actually have to confront those things that he had dealt with in his own life and being able to understand all of that that's when i was able to forgive him because it what changed was me seeing a man who was angry who was full of rage who was someone i despised and it became someone who had a tragic past and didn't know how to get out of it and because of that became a lot more similar to me and i felt a lot worse for him and i'm not saying that changed anything he did he made horrible mistakes and he lived with the consequences of those and he absolutely deserved those because he made those poor choices but understanding that he he had reasons why that happened and why he did those things allowed me to jump over that hurdle of saying yeah i, I do forgive you because i understand that you didn't do this for maliciousness sake you're trying to scrape by you're trying to get through it for me in my journey that that is similar to that i'm able to see the light at the end of the tunnel i'm able to see the things i need to change things i can change the things that i can improve upon and i'm working on those and in fact if you've been listening since the beginning it's the whole point of this podcast be able to speak about things in, the, in a genuine sense be able to speak about things that i care about and to get them out there and to not internalize them and not let them destroy me like that but to actually call them out for what they are and that's part of my process of of healing and and getting better and seeing that light at the end of the tunnel whereas my father went his whole life just trying to get out of the damn tunnel he never saw the light he was trying to he didn't know how and he wouldn't let anyone tell him how because he thought he was the only one who could do it for himself and in a christian sense that's hard because like if you're not relying on god for that how much faith is there and i don't want to get bogged down in that discussion because frankly i don't have an answer for that kind of stuff it's something i'm still wrestling with but he he couldn't let anyone else help him he had to do it himself and understanding that that's who he was and that's what was happening that that changed how i saw him and so now right when i think about him i don't just remember the angry person who made me feel all this anxiety and who you know abused me and my brother and and put us through a bunch of crap i do remember that part of it but it's it's 
sort of not what I think of first because I think about the parts of of his life that, that were good because to say that he did all wrong is not true and to say that all he did was abuse us is not true either. I think about the parts that were good and I also think about the parts of him that were damaged and that were just trying to get better and that's helped me to be able to move forward and to be able to better think about this kind of subject. I think uh, I'm I'm about tapped out <laughs> and uh, on what I want to talk about that at least for at least for this episode I'll I'll see if I ever want to touch on this stuff in a, in a different episode or in a different way, but I think I'll, I'll call that good for now. Um, thank you for, for listening to this one. Seems like this one's going to be a bit longer than my, my normal length, but hopefully it's not too bad. I, uh, I, I'm doing a lot of this off the cuff more so than normal, and, uh, I hope it sounds good. I hope it sounds okay, but I know I need to talk about this on this day because it's much more relevant to me right now. It's much more real to me right now than it will be on, on a different day. And so I wanted to make this episode and uh, to put this out there and to, to do it for myself and to, to, to hopefully help other people who maybe aren't going through or maybe who are going through just, just rough times or who don't have great fathers or who are just struggling with, with anything related to this kind of stuff. Just know that you're not alone and just know that there is a way out of it. And usually that involves being honest with yourself and then being honest with other people and actually talking about it, actually working through it. Thank you all again for, for listening. Um, please feel free to write in any comments or critiques or uh, podcast suggestions to uh, the email I have for this podcast, beingstillpodcast at gmail.com. That's also in the show notes for this episode. I really appreciate all of the feedback I have gotten. I really appreciate all of the people who are listening to these episodes episodes it, it means more than I, I think you probably know to to me uh to see all of that so i really appreciate it i will see you all in the next episode